Welcome. Hello. How's your How's your day going? This is Concession Impressions, a weekly podcast about two friends who go watch a movie and then post movie talk about their initial impressions of that movie that they just watched. Wow, that's a excellent great... summary. <laughs> yeah, I try to use as much as many words as possible to describe this very simple thing we're doing. So that's the secret. <laughs> just keep talking. You know, fake it until you can make some kind of sentence out of it. Uh, anyway. Anyways, so today's episode is 3,000 Years of Longing. Wait, that that is the correct title. The three... George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing. Wait, George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing? I mean, it's not called George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing. It's called 3,000 Years of Longing. Okay. Today's episode is 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, we just watched it, and here is our initial impression. I don't know, yeah. I, I, I will say that I, I imagined it to be more bumpy because, like, the trailer is so bassy. Yeah, um, so the song, I was waiting for the song in the trailer to come on because I really like that song. It it makes, it gives the, the movie, like, this really trippy kind of crazy feeling. Right. The movie was, like, kind of felt not like that at all. No, no, no. The movie is a, so, it's, yeah, so the trailer's giving you the impression that it's, like, a magical fantasy thriller they make I don't know why every trailer tries to be a fucking thriller and I get I guess what they've realized is that if people think a movie is a thriller they are more likely to go see it is what what is really happening but it's such a mistake <laughs> because when they get to the fucking theater and they see it's not a thriller uh, every week after that is going to be a down uh, there's going to be fewer and fewer people going and seeing the movie so there's no point in doing that that's a, that's a bad bad idea it's, it's false bad advertising but in reality this movie is a romance a, fan, a fantasy romance um, and a sort of surrealist epic in the vein of something like the fall uh-huh yeah um def- uh, yeah okay it, it definitely is completely different from the trailer Very and much so i was kind of like oh man i my heart's gonna be pounding in the theater because of all the space that's gonna be happening and um you know it's gonna just be a wild ride kind of hearkening back to his previous film, Mad Max Fury Road, which is probably his last film, right? I, I think that's why they also made the decision to sell it as if it was going to be like Mad Max Fury Road. And I think that's why so many reviewers didn't like it is because they were expecting this to be Mad Max George Miller, which mm. is, is one of the like sides of George Miller. Babe, this Happy is, Feet. This is more the Babe side <laughs> of George Miller. Happy yeah. Feet George Miller, only rated R. Um... <laughs> And in Witches of Eastwick, George Miller. It's the it's the the George Miller that's a romantic and a storyteller. Yeah, I think it really leans on that. Would you go see it? Spoil free review. Chase, what do you say? I think if you are expecting a Mad Max style thriller movie probably not your cup of tea if you are somebody who is interested in a romance and very interesting creative visuals and that side of george miller i think it's worth seeing yeah i think i disagree okay i i don't i kind of would pass this one 
uh, which is kind of sad because, you know, it has a lot of star power and a lot of kind of big moving parts here that could possibly make for something a really big and important film. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt that it kind of missed the mark a little bit and I don't think uh, it was worth seeing in my opinion I mean I think people should just support films in general but I think that for most people if you're out in the movie theater and you have you know a few choices put this at the bottom of the list don't rush to go see the this very one. bottom yeah um, wow. I mean I don't even know what else is out there I mean I think Neither like I. I think there it's okay to skip this week yeah, not definitely. go to the movie theater wait a few weeks until some other movie comes out and go see that instead i think you have to be a particular type of person to see this movie and enjoy it somebody like who's lonely and depressed and lonely and depressed and very into visuals and idris elba and idris elba yeah if you're into idris elba also tilda swinton but tilda swinton she kind of does nothing in this yeah I, I i didn't really like her in this film actually to be honest with you i think she's weirdly the weakest part of this film and we'll get into that more in the detailed section but well i mean let's just jump unusual into for her yeah I mean, I think we should jump into it. So that's so, our initial review is you said it depends said on who you are, but you sh- you recommend it. It might be worth it. Yeah. And I'm saying for the for majority of you, probably just kind of skip it. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you. I don't think this is going to be for most people. I think this is going to be, you know, hardcore George Miller fans. <laughs> And people who are really into visuals, like mm-hmm. if you like, I think this movie has quite a lot of great visual spectacle and great visual design and storytelling. I think it's lacking in a lot of other areas. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So without further ado, let's just jump into the spoiler. <laughs> Get ready, because we're gonna spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so spoil review impressions of this film. And I think you kind of just mentioned it a minute ago that in this film, it's kind of like a night. Nice, it's a it's a spectacle to watch. It's it's really. I think that was the best thing part about it. I think I, I mentioned this to you before. I'm not a big fan of George Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, the only film that I've watched of his that I actually liked was Babe. However, I think he only did Babe two, right? I think wasn't Babe one someone else? I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure if he worked on both of them or if he just. Maybe he directed the second one, but worked on the first one doing something else. I liked Babe. Mm-hmm. You know, that adorable little pig that talks. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cute story. It's a fun story. I watched it all the time as a kid. Everything else I wasn't a big fan of, especially the newest Mad Max, which I think is a lot of people really enjoyed of his. It's a lot of people's favorite film, which I don't personally get. Like, I think it's the reason it's a lot of people's favorite film is you literally don't have to think while you're watching <laughs> That's just a hard diss to a lot of people. <laughs> so, can I can I actually tell you a story of when I watched that film, which is his last film? So yes. it's, it's kind of you know kind of... just before. Okay, that. I want to be clear. I like Mad Max Fury Road. I think it's a, a really well made, really well directed film. I just don't know why it's a lot of people's favorite film. Uh-huh. Anyway, continue. I think that I wasn't a big fan of it. I think it was really cool in terms of like all the practical effects and like all these stunts and everything like looked really nice. But I will tell you this. I actually didn't even finish the film. I turned it off. To give you more to this story, during this time, I was in a motorcycle accident. I couldn't walk for four months and I was literally stuck in bed. And the only thing I can do was 
was I pretty much watched movies. I watched like six movies a day. I just watched movies every single day for like four months straight. And to tell you this, I watched that film. I didn't even want to finish it. I had only one thing that I was doing and it's just watching films and I still didn't want to finish that film. <laughs> So I think they would have, if I was in the same situation it was with this film, I probably would have also not finished this film, yeah. um, which, you know, is maybe, I don't know. I just, I think that they're very similar in terms of, even though the story and everything is different, I think I feel the same way about this film, which is that there's a lot of really cool visuals in the film, especially like when you see through the Jin's eyes and like all these like crazy outer worldly kind of like mystical effects and different like, I don't know how to even describe it. Just like these crazy trippy things that where they go through different worlds of the Jin world and the human world and the human world through the lens of the Jin. Uh, and those of you who don't know or don't want to watch it, Jin's are genies think yeah. of think of aladdin Jin is a um a bastardization of the original word which i think is gin yeah oh, gotcha okay <laughs> I, don't know. I, I was like wait, wait which word is <laughs> genie yeah genie. genie is is yeah yeah okay americanified i don't know if it's even americanified or westernified or what it is but it's uh i think the original word is gin gotcha okay so now so i i, I think it was beautiful it looked there's a lot of really cool things that i like to see but I think other than that and I think the second half of the film so let me just go back a second rewind go back three thousand years to the beginning of this longing the story is about Edris Elba who is a djinn and he gets discovered by Tilda Swinton's character who finds his bottle opens it up and gets three wishes but she's more cautious and smarter and she is curious like what happened in his past and then he goes through the first half of the film talking about all the times where he was brought out of the bottle the second half of the film is pretty much them almost kind of like falling in love and her three wishes right which is definitely the weaker part yeah after the past stories like his past life his last three thousand years i kind of lost interest interest in the film i think that happened that seems to be the the what's happening to a lot of people as well i agree that that's where it kind of dies i do think that the reason it dies is because we don't know anything about tilda swinton's character like they hint at a a little bit like i think it's they hinted at like she tried to have a baby but she couldn't or well she had she had a miscarriage miscarriage yeah okay um and her first husband left her we know a little bit but it's wait was it left her or cheated on her i wasn't they weren't i think it was left her uh-huh. Possible. I don't know. We don't. We, we don't know. Again, exactly they don't. The they don't really. They don't really talk about it as much. Yeah. Everything about her, like he he goes through his past in great detail about all of what he was feeling and every right. single person he interacted with. But you only get to know her character through like a mystery, a very short flashback. Uh, well, two very short flashbacks. Her as a very young child at a boarding school where we learn that she's always been a loner, but intelligent and very interested in stories mm-hmm. and had like an imaginary friend that she created. Yeah. Um, although that might have actually been real. As we learn through the story, there are certain people who have magical blood, specifically gin blood we see a couple of examples of, who can in fact see magical creatures or realize that they are there. 
And so I, I think the story is trying to hit that yeah. she also has this. Yeah, I, I mean, that, again, I think there's, like, a lot of interesting little ideas there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really cool, like, oh, could, does she have powers? Or, like, I don't know, also, like, a lot of the past stories of his life and, you know, like, there's so many interesting little ideas that they kind of sprinkle in there, but they never really go into it. They kind of focus on, I feel like, a less interesting story than other things that they kind of imply but don't really like go into what i keep thinking is this would have been a much better story if we had much more equal time between tilda smitten's character and the Jin's character going into their backstories and also their daily lives but some of that was clearly a factor because this was a covid film so they spend most of the film in one room yeah well i think that was that's a- not really true like the characters spend uh, tilda smitten and Idris Elba spend most of the film in one room but we go to a bunch of different places but it also felt like honestly that's another thing yeah. which is the VFX in this film felt a little janky to me, especially yeah. with Idris Elba and see like, and it felt like half the film was Idris Elba on a green screen. Because yeah. even with him, like he's like, oh yeah, I went to Sweden and I saw the collider, the hydrogen collider, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, it looked like, oh, I'm on a green screen. Oh look, the green screen changed and I'm in Sweden. Oh, the green screen changed and I'm in a hospital now. It's like, I don't know, it just felt like kind of weird. And also even when he first appears in the like hotel room. Yeah. It, th- I think it's maybe the blur on him versus... They have like a weird wispy thing because they, they talk about how he's made of particles and he's a he's like electromagnetic energy yeah brought to life basically yeah and i think i mean possible then i think the weird thing was that he's like this big thing and she's in the front of the camera she's like in your like she's in focus in the front right and he's out of focus but he's so big that his legs kind of come up to her right but he is still equally blurry throughout his Mm -hmm. entire body that it just felt like oh she's either just like green screened into a room like they filmed it twice like maybe they built like a little miniature set that Idris Elba just like laid in right and they just filmed his stuff and then they filmed her on a green screen and they just kind of like composited it together yeah but it it just felt like it was composited together and I think a lot of times it felt like that and I think it may be because of that reason that it is a during COVID and there's even a lot of scenes where people are wearing masks and different things like that where I'm like okay I guess it makes sense that they couldn't just fly around to all these different locations so they just kind of built it on a stage and they kind of just use green screens yeah and i think it suffers a lot from that but i also think really like big criminal problem with this for me at least is that we don't spend enough time with althea which is tilda swinton's character and i wonder if this would have been significantly better as a sort of anthology series maybe like a short mini series of days spent with the djinn so we could live her life a little bit yeah see what her actual desires are or like i was thinking when i was watching it like i wish they broke it down where he tells his story over a course of months yes where like you see them doing stuff together and then over time as their relationship deepens they kind of share more bits of information about their past lives and then they get to a point where like they fall in love or i guess where where that would have been more 
more natural instead of just kind of a third yeah, act. It, like the whole first shift. wish though didn't make sense. She's like, "I wish for you to love me." I'm like, I was kind of thinking like, it felt a little weird. <laughs> I was like, this guy just told you how he fell in love with a bunch of people, and because of he was in love, he his wishes got the better of him. And you're just like, I want you to love me. I wish for you to love me. Like that's, I don't get why she said that. Well, so I think they could have written that line better because the way they did it is they wrote they she says I wish for you to love me and then she goes on to clarify I wish to be one of your great love stories which makes a lot more sense for her character she wants to be someone fabled okay like the ones she's read and been told about by the djinn and but I, but I still think it's a little I don't know. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I don't. I still. I mean, I agree with you. Agreeing with me that yeah. I think it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Also, I just think that it doesn't make sense at a certain point. The the last story of the jinn, his past, which was like two hundred years ago or something like mm-hmm. that, and the whole thing is like, oh, the person never makes the third wish, or maybe they just weren't clear enough about the rules. Well, they do. That's one of the things that I didn't particularly like is that they do make a third wish. It's just the third wish was to be locked in the bottle. So I guess it canceled out the third wish rule freeing him. Which was like, I don't know. And or also she like, wishes to never have met him. But that doesn't seem to be like... So then then it's like, then everything would... I, I don't know. The powers don't make sense either. Because then like she yeah. also wishes, oh, I wish I had all the knowledge. And I was like, oh, maybe she's just going to go insane with all the knowledge, just obtaining all the knowledge in the world in one moment and then he's just like okay and then he pulls out a book and just like I'm gonna teach you math now right. it's like wait what like he, well, you're so a genie and you're just like pulling instant, out books yeah it wasn't an instant like brain but then overload other times there is like when she's like oh I wish I never met you it's an instant he's like oh that wish happened in an instant and right. everything the, all our encounters just went away I think some of that might be George Miller playing with visuals uh, and also moving the story along because the the I wish I had never met you that is kind of an instantaneous thing right versus like knowledge like I guess you could just snap it but no. there's a more visually interesting way but oh I, wait hold on you could you could have made that so interesting you know like mm-hmm. oh I wish I had all the knowledge in the universe and then boom you just like her mind not literally explodes but you like information and then well, her like, like her l- second fish where she wishes that she... Yeah, right? When, where she could dream like the djinn. Basically. Yeah, and then it goes out and you see like all of the, the letters and the words and they're intertwangling and starting to form like formulas. and Like that was a really cool scene. Like yeah. I think the, the first wish or the... I mean, I don't even know what wish I'm talking about now, but I think it, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, the first wish should have been like that where like she just got all that information. And I think I was also curious, like that's also like a really big thing where it's like, oh, she has all the information now so she's kind of just like disappointed in in the world and I, again i'm always like thinking like oh this would have been a really cool thing to see like her slowly go insane because she knows so much that she's like oh like life is pointless or something like like right. there's something some kind of take on it and again later on especially in, the, in her specific condition being a like third wife of an elderly man yeah <laughs> locked trapped in a in, room in a in tower pretty much yeah. like rapunzel um, and then like later on when was this i I think it was like when they start living together, the Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba's characters. Yeah. Or possibly once after she, I think, no, no, it's after she makes her first wish. There's that like trippy scene where the hotel turns into like, like lifts out of the world and kind of is in like a 
mm-hmm. like a space where like you go through the kitchen door and you're like in a galaxy and stuff like that. That was a cool scene, and I, I was like thinking like, oh, are they gonna like play on some kind of? she's starting to like fall into another dimension or like she's Mm -hmm. starting to get intertwined with like in a being that's too strong for humankind or something like that and like the world is starting to like collapse around her or like fail her mind and especially like in the beginning of the film which i watched and she where she like passes out because of the whole entire thing you know overwhelms her right i felt like oh maybe it'll be interesting of like this her wishes are slowly kind of destroying her being wanting mm. to be close with this power this being. all powerful being is slowly what's corrupting that could have been interesting her, too her mind I don't know. I think it was just another excuse for George Miller to, like, do something visually spectacular. I mean, I think it's, that's... It's kind of like a magician. The whole film is kind of just, like, him just kind of, all right, I'm just going to do this for no reason other than just to make it look kind of interesting. Which I think is kind of a George Miller thing. Like, even in, in Mad Max, there are, like, those scenes with, like, the stilt walker people that have no real yeah, bearing yeah. on the story, but they um, are visually interesting and a reference to, like, Dali and different things like that. But... yeah. I- and I, I just want to say that I, going back to the earlier conversation we had about is this Oscar going to win any Oscars or is this going to win Best Picture or some of that? Definitely I, not. I don't think it will win that. I will... I'm not sure it'll win in any category. I can maybe see it winning some kind of like... I don't think special Best VFX, but like maybe cinematography or some of that. Like I, I would... There are better films this th- year. There are better films, but I will not be, be so... nominated. I, or yes, either nominated or I'm like, oh, I can't believe... If it wins, I'll be like, I can't believe that one but like Mad Max I can, won like all the technical awards I can see people special groups of people who would really love this film and then the rest of the world is gonna be kind of against this film so yeah yeah I don't think anybody is gonna leave this movie thinking it's like their favorite film I think there will be some people maybe like me who don't hate it as much as everyone else because I kind of felt like the trailer was lying to us and also I'm a huge fan of Scheherazade's a thousand and one Arabian Nights and this is basically that only flipped on its head or it's very it's not that but it's a it is very reminiscent of that Mm -hmm. and so I was like very into the concept of it all and then I very much appreciate the visuals of George Miller and I think he's a great visualist kind of like how I feel about Zack Snyder is he's a great visualist but not always great on the storytelling like I think the storytelling sometimes is pretty weak and that's where like I think Mad Max really shines for me is that it creates such a simple story (laughs) that all he has to do is focus on visuals and focus on world building and he you know it's great and that's kind of Zack Snyder's thing too like with 300 works in the very similar way where it's just such a simple story ultimately that all he has to do is focus on like visuals and world building and crafting you know an interesting thing to look at for a couple hours yeah i think he should stick to that i think he should (laughs) stick to stories that are less complicated and just focus on doing visuals 
Well, his next movie is Furiosa, which is like a, a prequel, prequel to, to Mad, Mad Max, Max. Fury Road. Well, so that could be a lot better. I mean, we're, we're probably going to review that in Concession Impressions when that comes out, whatever, like a year or two or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like it's not going to go as well because Furiosa is actually kind of a complex character, I think. Is it the, the girl character in the Mad Max? Yeah, it's Charlize Theron's character with the missing arm and yeah, okay. the backstory, which is all about, like... Honestly, don't remember. I right. Don't, I just... Well, she, she doesn't... Like, the Mad Max she's the one that's running away about right? her she leaves she's right. like she's, she's escaping and right, she yeah. meets Max correct and <laughs> Mad Max helps her free the enslaved women gotcha I think that story of enslaved women might be too demanding for George Miller mm. to tell in great depth yeah potentially well I, I'm sure they will be visually pleasing I think it'll be visually interesting although I don't know if it like because how much different is it gonna be from the Mad Max Fury Road that's my question right because like I mean all the Mad Maxes I feel like we're kind of very similar anyways well Mad Max Fury Road I thought was a heightened version of the previous movies you know it'd been 20 more that 20 30 years since 35 years since the last one or something and there was a lot more money behind it a lot more technical crash behind it and it was you know i thought pretty great in terms of visuals i just want to say that it seems like we don't like this movie so much that we are dedicating equal amount of time <laughs> talking about other films and this film better movies I, this is not the best movie he's ever made it's it's oh here's here's the perfect perfect analogy for this it leaves you longing for a better film. Yes. His, his He's made better films. This is clearly not his best work. Mm-hmm. And I think you're just going to like, wow, I wish I watched another of his films or not any of his films if you're me and I, you don't really like his films. Watch um, Witches of Eastwick. Okay, I haven't seen that one. So I maybe... think it's fun. Okay. It's about a coven of witches who have really weird horny sex with the devil played by Jack Nicholson. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> That's a really bad description of it, but that's what it is about as well. I just want to say one thing before we get into our final thoughts. I, the only thing I read before watching this film was like a title of an article, I believe, that was saying that 2,000 Years of Longing is the adult version of Aladdin. And I was like, I was like, mm. huh, I hope that's not true. And it wasn't true. And I'm kind of still like, I don't know how that person watched it and then wrote an entire article called that. It seems like a kind of racially motivated story. Because I was like, this is... The only thing that's similar between them is that they both have a djinn or slash genie. Right. But it's like, what? So, like, and the original djinn comes from the Aladdin story. So, like... And uh, I just want to say, I love Aladdin. It's it's probably my favorite Disney film. Is and it really? Yeah. What's, that's fascinating. It's a great It's a great one. Okay, well, Disney, Disney. I will like say... The, the, not the live action one, obviously. No, no, We're talking no, no. about the original animated one. Yeah. Um, but even still, interesting. It's, it's a great one. I would say that Pixar and Disney, I'll, I'll keep them separate. I, I would say like Toy Story for sure is Pixar. And then... Um, interesting choice again. What? <laughs> I'm judging you so hard right now. Why? <laughs> right, anyway, Aladdin per- has perfect music, has a great story, you know, great jokes that are still funny today. You know, I think it's it's... The only thing that's problematic about it is, you know, a little sexist and there's a little, you know, there's definitely some issues with the story. But I think, you know, for a Disney film, I think it's definitely great. 
So I think this film is nothing like it. I would rather, I want to go watch Aladdin. I don't want to go watch this movie. So I would say yeah. my review is go watch Aladdin, the Disney I would say animated the Disney film. animated Aladdin is a better movie than this. I would not have it as my personal favorite Disney animated movie. We'll talk about that another that'll time. that'll be another episode. <laughs> not to cut your, not to throw my ideas out there, then just cut yours down, but... Um, that that might be an interesting, you know. We should fight about it. Further like episode it. of like a like a one-off. Yeah, like a um, we argue about what's the best. What? Yeah, we could do like a ranking list. Yeah, like a tier list, like that they do on YouTube. Okay, of like Disney films specifically, or sure. or, or different things. Yeah, I'm down. That sounds cool. I, we can probably get Future into some episode. fun debates. Yeah, tell write to us in the comments <laughs> of this episode or tweet at us at film cookbook if we if you'll be interested in, in hearing that anyways let's jump into our final review what is your concession concession impression concession Con- <laughs> what your your concession impression your concession you? impressions concession oh concession impressions concession okay we need to find a better word for that. Which concession would you rank this movie that you just watched? So I think I would put it... It's not quite a Raisinette film for me. It's not that bad for me. But it's not a hot dog film either. Like, it's 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 too unsatisfying to be a hot dog film. But I think it's more a hot dog film than a Raisinette film. So I will, with our purposefully limited set of things to review it as, I would say it's a hot dog film. Gotcha. I'm gonna just keep it simple. It's in me a raisinette film. Now I will say I felt really bad thinking about this because personally I don't want to give a film the worst score possible. I feel mm. like everything tried, and I think there's a lot of good points. Of like, well, it should maybe at least be a hot dog film. But I think I need to draw a clear line of like this is this is a raisinette film, and I've never given raisinette film yet. So I think uh, I think. In my mind, a film, raising net film for me is, would I go watch this again? The answer is no, probably never again. Yeah. I'll be willing to talk about it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in a bad way, but... I, I think if it's not worth your time, it's a raising net film, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's not wor- worth your time, and I, I yeah, I think that's yeah. it. That's kind of what if, it comes down to. Like with the Dragon Ball Z movie, because I'm not a fan of dragon ball or not it's not that i'm not a fan i just i not become a fan yet it wasn't worth my time to see um so that's why i gave it a raisinette f- review so for you this wasn't worth your time so yeah makes sense. i'm sure people out there will probably give it an m&m or, or a hot dog or something else so but I feel yeah like no one's gonna give it an m&m <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised if anybody gave it a, a peanut yeah. M&M. Let us know if you rank this as a peanut M&M movie. Yeah, let's fight about it on Twitter. I yeah. love that. Fight us. Okay. Well, that's all for us today. I hope you enjoyed. This is our impressions on the film 3,000 Years of Longing. And yeah, next week we'll be dropping another episode of Filmmaker's Cookbook. It's a great one. Go check it out. And we'll also be having another concession impression episode next week. So it'll be a, a double a double episode week. So Awesome. So check them both out. It's going to be great. So, yeah, that's all I want to say. And uh, anything you, you want to say, Chase? Last words? Go rub some bottles. Yeah, go rub some bottles. Cool. Well, on that note, everyone, see you next week. Bye. 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 
Thanks for listening to Concession Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helbeck and myself, Michelangelo White. Music in this episode was created by Joe Park. The show logo and editing was done by the wonderful Yumi White. I know we gave this film pretty terrible review. If you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree with us, I would definitely love to hear your thoughts. Tweet at us at Film Cookbook on Twitter and, you know, drop us your thoughts and uh, we'll definitely listen and fight you or agree with you, depending on what you say. Anyways, that's all for this week. I will say that there's going to be a few updates. First of all, Monday, the 29th, we're going to be dropping a new episode of Filmmaker's Cookbook. It's going to be coming out every four weeks on Monday. Concession Impressions will actually going to be moving from Friday to Saturday mornings. So next Saturday, we'll have another Concession Impression. And every four weeks on Monday, you'll be getting a new Filmmaker's Cookbook. So please look out to those. Check them out. They're going to be great episodes, I promise. And see you then. Bye, everyone.